When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zipline through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hi there and welcome everybody to the warm-up uh, on the This Is Ibrooks show. Uh, today I'm joined by three esteemed guests. We've got Ben, how are you doing today? Yeah, a little bit little bit better as the days go on from Sunday, yeah. Oh yeah, no, that's, that's a difficult question. And Chris, how are you doing? Hi, not bad. Pointing forward to it. And uh, JB, you're, you're a glutton for punishment. You were, you were at that old firm game at the weekend there and then away, away seeing, seeing Everton and Leicester. How are you doing today as well? Yeah, all good. Yeah, it was uh, two heavy days, but it was um, yeah two not favourable results either from um, from the teams that we were following on the day. So yeah, let's move on from that quickly. Yeah, certainly both teams there. I certainly think looking for a, a major rebuild next season, but that's certainly something we'll we'll come on to as as the pod uh, progresses. Um, it feels like every Wednesday I'm on a pod these days. I'm discussing off-field changes. Yesterday it was announced that Craig Mulholland will be leaving Rangers at the end of the season. Um, he's rumoured to be following Ross Wilson down to Nottingham Forest. Um, it's also been widely reported today that Director of Finance and Football Administration, Andrew Dixon, will leave his role at the club. I couldn't believe it when I saw that he joined the club in 1991. I mean, he's been there for as, as long as I've been alive, which is absolutely insane. Um, I think there's a discussion to have around the academy. Um Given the departure of Mulholland, we'll discuss the, the sort of posts, but fixtures, and we'll look ahead to our game v Aberdeen at the weekend, which is always one of my favourite subjects to talk about. Um, and just seen it in the comments here as well. Um, just for anybody, you can listen to us and you can watch watch Rangers, uh, the Rangers youth game in the background on BBC Scotland. So if anybody's watching us and isn't aware of that, um, that's just a wee, a wee heads up there. Um, look, with, with our honest... I like to do a wee on this day. I will, I will do one um, in, a, in a wee minute, but I think there's only one place to, to start today, given it being quite a poignant day for, for, for the Rangers support. Uh, on this day last year, 
Rangers lost a kit man, Jimmy Bell, at the age of 69. The infamous kit man started out at Rangers during a, uh, as a first team, I was going to say coach, but he was driving the coaches. Um, and then when he moved to kit man in 1986 under Sunez, Jimmy Bell was at, at Rangers again for, for 30 years, which is an, an insane amount of time. Um, he worked under 11 different Rangers uh, managers, and I, I was doing a quick calculation. I, th- I think he's been there for a fifth of the time that the, that the club's been in existence, which is crazy. Um, uh, and in that time that, that he was there, he, he must have lifted or, or got his hands on on the trophies. 18 league titles, nine Scottish Cups, 14 League Cups, and two European Cup finals. He was a father figure to, to many players, as, as we see the, the, the reams of tributes um, that are coming out today. And genuinely, from, from my own point of view, the biggest like sort of compliment and, and tribute I could pay to, to Jimmy Bell is that I don't think I've ever been at a Rangers dinner or, 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 or at an event where there's somebody speaking where there hasn't been a Jimmy Bell story. I see you nodding your head away there, GB, so I'll come to you first. Um, just a, a a few words on on Jimmy Bell and, and what he means or meant to everybody as as Rangers supporters. Yeah, I think it, it, as you as you touched on there, in terms of an important figure throughout the history, uh, if you think of some of the, the players that he dealt with, uh, some of the not, not just the elder players as well. If you look at some a lot of the youth players talk through once you got on his good side, uh, you can you could stay on his good side, but you had to earn that respect. Uh, but I think the continuity must have gave give the club even through the bad times. I think must have been um, he must have been a re- he was a real figurehead of the club, and I think that all came together when we seen how much it meant to this current group of players uh, in the Leipzig game. Um, you seen the emotion, the outpouring of emotion, uh, both pre and post match, and you do wonder whether the the extra ten percent that the players gave us that night. You just wonder whether that was the difference, um, and that they couldn't have done a better tribute to him than than ultimately winning. Um, I think everyone that you speak to, he, he was a winner. Um, and he'll be fondly remembered. Um, I just just before we come online, I don't know if everyone's seen it, but uh, the Broomland Collective have announced that it's going to be a retro Rangers shirt day in tribute um, on against the Aber- Aberdeen. So that'll be good to see some of the old classics getting um, getting dusted out the wardrobe. So that'll be good to see. But um, yeah, no cracking fella by all accounts. And um, as you said earlier, any sportsman's news or anything. We recently had Mark Andrews down on the wheel. Marvin Andrews, sorry, and. Um, he couldn't say enough nice words. Uh, he was close to tears when he was telling us a wee story. So, no, great man, and he'll um, he'll long be in the memory. Yeah, that that that's that exactly. And and Ben, I'll come to you next. Um, and just for to pay tribute to to Jimmy Bell, as JB said there, he was, you know. He was a standard setter at the club. That I think that's the best way that, that you can describe him. We've all heard his, his antics in, in terms of you know taking big names down down a, a peg or two. But I mean, what's what's your memories of Jimmy Bell and, and how integral was he to, to Rangers Football Club? Yeah, I, I think we we live in an age now where the word legend is thrown about all over the place undeservedly. But in his case, for the service that he's given to the club and what the club meant to him and and you know how he represented the club. Um, he, he really is, you know, is and always will be a Rangers legend. Um, I think when you, you just have to hear any of the players, and, and and what speaks to me is, you know, he has that sort of sense of humour and stuff, you know, he's always famous for, but it's it seems to be players of all different nationalities just just were drawn to him, loved him. Um, and I think it was, it was a big part of how certain players probably fell in love with the club. 
Um, and I think it, it's a huge, huge loss to us um, to not have that, you know, to not have someone driving the standards and, and, and certainly not not putting up with certain performances like we've we've been seeing recently. He certainly would have would have been on at players and and you know as as much as he was, he was a kit man, he, he wasn't a coach in the football sense, but he, he was a mentor to so many of them and I and I think that is a huge loss. Yes, Chris, I'll come to you next. JB sort of touched on that that Leipzig game. I'm sure we can all remember. Like, uh, there was such emotion in the stadium, but before it, and in the tributes during the day and all that. I mean, it was. I mean, I've never experienced anything anything like that. I mean, and I just remember when Kamara scored that that fantastic goal to put us two 0 up ahead. Just. You just saw him taking that armband off and, and, and what Jimmy Bell meant to him. I mean, where where do you sit on this all and 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 and, and yeah, pay your tribute to, to as Ben said, a, a Rangers legend. Uh, it was a, a special night, and I think obviously as JB said, I think they gave the, the players an extra 10-15 percent that night. He was essentially the last of the old guard in my mind, him and Walter once they went, it's kind of like Fans could take solace that he, when he was there and involved, because he's a fan like us. He could, he was going through the same feeling as if it's no good enough. He wouldn't be, wouldn't be the last one to tell them to get their ideas sorted. Out. Uh, hopefully, it gets acknowledged in some sort of capacity for the club. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think that that certainly should be the next the next step for for Rangers. Um, you know, even renaming the training ground I think would be very very appropriate for, for, for Jimmy Bell um, but yeah I think that's a great tribute paid by by everyone here on, on the This Is Ibrox Network and uh, thanks for that guys um, and I will stick to my tradition uh, of doing a wee on this day GB so I'll come to you for, for this one on this day in the year 2000 Rangers defeat Hibs 5-2 Ibrox with Barry Ferguson scoring Billy Dodds an own goal and Albert's double, which I'm reliably informed the second was a was a peach. Um, uh, and Rangers this season went on to 20 games unbeaten, 22 points clear ahead uh, at the top of the league at this point, which nowadays seems like a, a, a bit of a pipe dream. Um, and this was league title uh, 49. Um, what was your memories of, of that season, JB, and, and, and anything in that game in, in particular? Yeah, <clears throat> the game in particular has said when you when you, you give us the prompt there that you've got to be running through it, scrubbed onto YouTube to see it. But yeah, another Albert classic, I think. In terms of the, the, that team itself, like if, from memory, this, that team didn't get off to the best of starts that season and really grew throughout, throughout the as the season went on. But as you said, the, the, was it a 20-match winning run? And then the only probably disappointment was, was could, could we have gone that wee bit further in Europe again? Uh, that was kind of the golden the, the golden challenge for the for the teams that we had in the early nineties and then going into the into the two thousands was could we that's probably a, a wee bit of a regret that we never took that next step. Uh, but in terms of some of the players and the talent that we had on show, uh, was fantastic because uh, that was around obviously we we Rod Wallace and obviously Albert and there uh, you touched on Billy Dodd so. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a good time to be a Rangers fan, um, and say slightly depressed at the same breath and the fact that we need to get back to them days as quickly as possible because that that team was full of winners, uh, albeit the budget at the time would have been a lot significantly a lot higher, uh, but you just knew there was a wee core of players in there who, who knew what it meant to be a Rangers man. So, yeah, bring back them days as quickly as we can. 
Yeah, no, that's it exactly. I said that that was the kind of season that I was really getting into football. I was about nine, ten years old then. And uh, as Ben and I were discussing before we came on, that is my all-time favourite Ranger strip. That I just I remember Kinchelskis being a bit of a beast in that team. Um, when he needed to, Rod Wallace, as you said there, I absolutely loved uh, watching him play. And, and uh, I, I, I don't know if I ever made it out. Now, this is Ibrox Network, but uh, when my Ranger loving, Michael Moles was numero uno in, in, in terms of strikers for me and, and that team, and he was just superb. Um, look, let's get to chatting to, to matters um, uh, a bit more current. I'll start with you, Ben, here. It's another off-field change in that director, uh, or so I'm going to say director of finance and football administration looks, it's not officially confirmed, but loads of media outlets are reporting that it looks like it is. Um, Andrew Dixon looks to be off-ski. Um, he's, he's another one. He's been at the club since since 1991, um, and, and this marks five major departments in recent months. That's the chairman part gone, the director of football, Ross Wilson gone, the CEO Stuart Robertson gone, Craig Mulholland, the academy director, who will come on to uh, chat about after this, um, and now Andrew Dixon, uh, the new chairman, John Bennett, is is not messing about, Ben. No, he's certainly not. He's certainly not. Um, I mean, which which in my opinion is a good thing. Um, I think the club needs an overhaul, um, and it seems to be getting that. Um, what I would like to see now is us starting to try and fill some of these roles as well. Um, because obviously we've moved, we've moved one position, but you know we need we need to we need to see this the planning where where this is going to go. It's it's all well and good to be moving people on, and and, and it's good. And I, I there's no one being moved on thus far that I'd have any 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 disappointment with. So so now is the time to kind of see what's next for us and and, and where we're going to go. But I think it's good. I think we need a fresh approach in in all aspects from play, from players right through the board. Um, and and I think we're starting to get that. So. May I continue? Yeah, Chris, um, I'll ask you a similar question. As Ben touched on there, I think, I mean, it's very evident we need a bit of a freshen up on the field. It looks like there's a freshen up off the field happening as well. I mean, what what do you think this is? Do you think Bennett does have some sort of, uh, I mean, major strategy here where he's just getting rid of sort of all the old guard, so to speak? Um, or, or do you just think that it's just it's just time for a change? I'm not too sure if it's him or if it's Bisgrove that's got free reign or what's happening. I'm not too sure, but we've been failing all on the park, off the park, and the fans wanted change, so we're getting it now. Uh, whether it'll be good or a bad thing, I'm not too sure. Hopefully, Bisgrove's got plenty of connections in football, so hopefully he can get the, the right people earmarked for the jobs and in the door as soon as possible. Uh, I think it kind of takes away the the idea that no jobs for the boys anymore, as you said, the kind of old guardsmen. Uh, hopefully we're trying to modernise the, the backroom staff a bit, but we were, they were saying we're best in class. It's been stagnant. We've sat on 55. We haven't pushed forward, so I don't know if Bennett and Bisgrove are on the same page and they're just looking to modernise everything in the backroom team and just getting rid of everything. But interesting times, whether if it's investment that's coming into the club or if we should be panicking because usually if there's this turnover of staff in a company it's panic stations but I think this one should we should be embracing the changes we all needed it. Yeah that's that I think there's there's two words there that, that you've hit on and I think that's 
I think Rangers fans certainly are looking to to embrace the change. It'll be very interesting. Again, that's a discussion we'll have a wee bit, bit later on about what, what happens with these roles. Are they going to get merged? Are people going to be taking on you know multiple responsibilities type things? But um, JB, the, the comments are coming in already. Um, William here says, it does look like we're clearing out all these guys of ahead of a potential new investment. I, I knew it was only going to be a matter of time seeing as it the, the sort of annual um, Twitter rumours are, are, are going about for, for a takeover. But but where, where, where do you sit in all this? I mean, I know I've seen certain stories that are, as, as Chris alluded to, that are, uh, what will we say, have have leanings that are not towards Rangers are saying, you know, it's panic stations, it, it, it's worrying that, that all these changes are happening. But to me, the, the other word that Chris said there was it, it's stagnant. It, it was clear that we slept behind the wheel a wee bit in 55. Do you think this is just Bennett coming in and, and freshening things up? I think so. I mean, obviously, after the... As somebody as has been said a few times, as soon as people start taking banners to games, it's you're never going to turn that round. There's you can probably you can probably I can't even think of a case where there's been banners and then somebody has turned it around. It might not have gone as quickly as the people would have wanted, but it needed a change. The whole thing just needed refreshed. Um, as I think it was Ben touched on there, it was not just on the park that needed refreshed. But on the park, the most important thing. Let's not let's not escape that. But there's got to be a really strong infrastructure that sits behind all of that. And I don't feel as if at the moment anybody feels engaged with anything either on or off the park. So and the only way you can kind of do that is to change the way that you do things today. So I think in t- like, there was people saying tail end of Ross Wilson's reign, it was almost a case of, well, if he come out and told us what he'd done, then we'd probably have a bit more sympathy for him. No, we wouldn't. Let's have it right. Because if we weren't winning, we wouldn't have cared what he'd done, what he told us he'd done. However, it's now a chance for a clean slate for all these guys that are coming in to to tell us the vision to try and take us on take us on the journey with them because it's almost we're going to start seeing things from the ground up a wee bit um, and a definite change was needed. I mean, Craig Mulholland obviously they listed out some of his achievements on the and I know we'll get to some of the youth players yeah. later, but by all accounts, what he's done has been remarkable. Uh, albeit as from a fan's perspective, we won't always see that. Um, as I say, if rumours are to be true, he's going to go to Nottingham Forest, who've got a hell of a lot of money, so they could probably have their pick of people. So if he was to go there, it's probably as a, a sign that um, the guy knows his stuff. You might say, well, if you talk Wilson, so how much do they know? But uh, again, if uh, if Ross Wilson was standing in an interview and was to list off the achievements at the time that he was there, he could probably blag back with an interview. Um, in terms of yeah. the finals, league titles, cup wins, progression to the Champions League, record sales, you could spin it. Um, so, but yeah, by all accounts, the, the stuff that he's done has been has been quite transformational. Um, and yeah, as we always say, we like like to see people leave with a bit of dignity and best best of luck to him in his next role. Uh, I'll be interested to see whether there's going to be further shakeups. Um, whether we see a new B team manager that might be maybe mm-hmm. a bit more aligned to um, to Beale's style, uh, will there be any change to the to the women's side of things in terms of the the management role there? And obviously, there's been a wee bit of carry on after the one of the women's old firms recently. So you wonder whether there might be a wee bit of a shake up there as well. Um, but no, as as we've all said, um, it was time for change, and seeing it now um, is going to be really interesting over the next few weeks and months. I just hope the club use it as an opportunity, to, as I said earlier, to take the fans on that journey with them. Uh, because if these people just come in and just disappear into the ether, 
it's going to be the same old, same old. Um, so, but again, be me over email. Other well, the my Jazz members got the email today in regards to the engagement sessions that BizCrew is looking to do. Um, so it's a tiny step, but it's a it's a step forward nonetheless. Yeah, hundred percent. It's. I mean, there's you've made lots of good points in there. It's. Uh, and I think RFC seventy two is backing you up there. We, we, we were stale and couldn't do any better with the current lot. Needs refreshed, as Bennett would say, go for the best in class. And um, I'll, this is a, an easy one for you here, Ben. Uh, Blue Nose John here says, is there a streamlining exercise going on with potential American investors taking over? I'll, I'll ask it because, you know, the, the comments are coming in about it. Um, what what what, have you, what do you make about this? Do you think that, that it has been cleaned out for, for investment or... I said I know there's been been rumours going about of a of a takeover as well. What what's your what's your thoughts on on all this? I'm I'm skeptical. I'll be honest. I mean, how many times have we heard that? Um, I think it's just more more new chairman coming in, re- reset of the whole club, basically being done. Uh, you know, wanting to do things in his way, and then in terms of the academy, I think Bale's Bale's obviously putting his stamp as well. Oh well, there's. There's Ben obviously feeling like that. Chris, I'll I'll, I'll throw the, the the similar question to, out to yourself. Um, wh- what do you make of all this? Do you think that that, that we that Ben is potentially paving the way for 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 investors and uh, or, or a potential takeover? And I see I'm being called out here. Curry Muncher says, Kyle, how confident are you that it's just a Twitter rumor? And how much pounds are you confident? I said that I'm not a betting man, but as I said, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm certainly not one that claims to be in the know or, or, or anything like that. But I mean, where, where do you sit on all this, Chris? Uh, I am kind of the same as Ben. It's just the annual investment rumour coming from the USA or is it Hong Kong? You know, that was last year's one, but I, I just can't see it. Hopefully, but I can't see it. Uh, I think it was Curry Munch that said last night there was change in there and on the comments, so maybe he's a wee bit in the know. We can let us know, Curry Muncher. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, definitely. It sounds, um, yeah, it'll be interesting times ahead. I mean, we'll never rule, rule anything out, but I, I don't imagine taking over a football club is, is an easy process. And I mean, if you're looking at, I mean, the, the I'm trying to think of the most recent sort of high-profile club that was bought over is, is Newcastle is the only one I can sort of think of and and they were linked for years and years and years with Saudi investors before it actually happened and and I know that the the, the name Kyle Fox has been out there for, for a wee while um, but uh, I'm not sure but uh, yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens over the the coming months there's, there's obviously something afoot at Rangers with the amount of uh, with the amount of changes and I just see in the comments there that, that Rangers are are one nil up um in the the under 18s youth cup final which is which is always um positive uh, I'll just add Ben back um look we'll move on to the sort of next uh, phase of chat as JB sort of alluded to earlier on um, 
uh, Academy Director Craig Mulholland will leave his role at the end of the season after 20 years at Rangers. A statement from the club as follows. Um, Rangers can today confirm that uh, Academy Director Craig Mulholland has decided to leave the club at the end of the season. The 45-year-old has played a huge role in transforming the club's youth set up into a truly elite programme, which is now comparable with that of European top European clubs. He joined the Light Blues in 2003 initially as a football and a community manager and held various roles in becoming head of academy in 2015. In that time, the club have developed talents such as Nathan Patterson, Billy Gilmore, Robbie McCrory, Leon King, Alex Lowley and Adam Devine. I noticed there's no Ross McCrory in that, but we'll maybe come to that uh, later on. Speaking as he prepares to depart Rangers, Mulholland commented, I have loved my last 20 years working at the club that I had grown up with, and in particular, the last eight, leading our academy, B team and women's team. However, in all the leadership positions, sometimes knowing when the right time to move on is important as decided which opportunities to take. My successor will inherit some fantastic people working passionately to deliver on a clear strategic vision underpinned by strong processes and modern innovative methodology. God, they're making a statement easy to read out. They will also inherit some outstanding young talents, which will lead to an exciting future for the club and academy over the next few years. I'm immensely proud of all we have achieved, and I would like to thank John, Stuart, James, and all the current and previous board members for the fantastic support. We wish Michael and his staff the very best for the future. Above all, I would like to thank each and every one of the young players who drive our motivation and energy every single day. I must say, that is a bit of a, a classy sign-off, JB. Um, what what do you make of, of, of Mulholland moving on, and, and, and do you agree that his time as the academy director has has been a success. Has he has he changed it so that we are now matching the output of top European level clubs? I suppose it's hard to measure, isn't it? I mean, in terms of the games that we're competing in now, um, in comparison to prior to him coming in, um, we're probably you'd probably say it's probably night and day. But in terms of the because obviously we've got the UEFA youth tournaments that we've been heavily involved in. The B team, I'd imagine, he would have been a heavily input into the, the setup of that. The women's team going professional. Um, so all of these things are all kind of pass marks. I suppose ultimately, as a fan, um, in terms of where we are, is which players are coming through to the um, is coming through. Ultimately, he's probably not incentivised on that. It's probably just a part of his role. But ultimately, as fans, that's what we're looking for. Um, and for me, given the fact that our that our our model is to be self-sustainable, I would like to have seen more coming through. Now, there could be a catalogue of excuses as to why that hasn't happened. Um, I mean, the only one we've well, we've lost a couple. Obviously, we lost the lad to Villa, was it Wilson? And we lost the uh, obviously Billy Gilmore went down to Chelsea a few. Well, that was a few years ago now. But in in between now and then, I haven't heard of too much where Rangers have lost out to maybe a, a big European club or a team down from England. So we've we've had plenty of time and opportunity to kind of blood people through. I do have a level of sympathy with the um, with us trying to get youth into the first team because of just of how demanding we are. I mean, we bring internationalists, experienced internationalists, into the club, and they can't handle the pressure. Yet we're expecting just because somebody's lived, somebody was brought up twenty five miles from Ibrox, that they should be able to handle the pressure. Uh, I think it's a very different environment to many years gone by. So when you had the likes of your Barry Ferguson's coming through um, and go even further back to that, uh, players that came maybe came through in the 90s, like of Charlie Miller, Miller and stuff, these were, it was a completely different culture, completely different time. Um, and these guys now, they're coming through technically like robots. 
you know what I mean? They're all drilled to within an inch of the life. There's not a lot of chance for players to come out and actually express and then show what they can actually do. Um, the one that had, it has probably got the most of us excited was obviously Patterson when he come through. Um, he's obviously had a really good grounding. I know he was linked to the, the the Scottish FA school system as well. Him and Billy Gilmore, they always yeah. promote that, uh, that they were heavily involved in that. But I think the, the big one for us now is, is going to be Alex Lowry in terms of seeing whether he can take that step. Um, I think he's probably a really good example of somebody that's got all of the ability in the world. But if either the manager doesn't fancy him or he's not doing enough to, to warrant that jersey, I think, was it Bale said his teammates have got to earn the respect? He's got to earn the respect of his teammates before he'll yeah. play. These are all things we don't see as fans. Uh, we see the highlights. We see what he does when he comes on in the glimpses and the flashes. We don't see the day-to-day stuff. Now, albeit, let, let us see Alex Lowry play. And if he doesn't perform, then we can go, well, you were right. But on the other hand, managers' jobs are on the line. So if they throw a few youth lads in and they maybe don't perform, it's not going to be the Rangers fans going, oh, but he tried the youth. It's going to be get him out and get the next guy in. So it's a bit, it is a really difficult one, but I would like to see I would like to see a bit more, even if it's like one a season comes in and cements themselves in the 16. Um, I think that wouldn't be a bad a bad model or a bad style. Uh, but I've just seen the goal back from the where uh, the. the the, the youth game there, so um, the big number nine took it well, so it was a good start there after 23 minutes. <laughs> yeah, You've been doing a great job. <laughs> I know, there's us potentially panning the academy as, as, the, as the under-18s are, are defeating Celtic in, in a cup final. I know I'm know i sort of half-watching it in the reflection in your pictures behind you, GB, so so don't right. move to the camera or anything like that too much. <laughs> All right. Um Benny, I'll come on to you and, and ask you what you think about, about Craig Mulholland's departure. You know, again, I know we talked about it previously in terms of he's a guy, he's obviously been there at the club a long, long time and we'll get into what, what we think of, of the academy as a whole, but I, I, I'm going to ask this question again because because I saw it in social media and, and, and in the comments and it's the... Um, uh, it, should we? Is there anything to look into the fact that we are playing this final, and you know this has been announced the day before it? Or, or and, and where do you sit on Mohan leaving? Um, as to whether there's anything in that, I haven't really thought of it. Um, surprising, maybe a little bit that it's announced just before that, or, or or perhaps again it could be another motivational thing for the players. You know, give give one last performance sort of thing um, for for the final. Um, what do I think in general? I think, I, I think um, twenty years is twenty years is a long, long time. Um, is a long service. Is that one one? Yeah. Oh fuck. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Um, so yeah, no, twenty years is a lo- is a long time, and I think you know, as he said himself, that you know, you got to know when when the time is right to move on. And and as JB said, if he is going to Nottingham Forest. Um, that's you know that uh, that's a good opportunity, and at the end of the day, they're not going to be looking somebody that's that's absolutely useless at their job. Um, he has done good things for for the club, um, uh, but I, but I do again, it, it comes back to the whole. I think a refresh and many different things at the club um, is is good. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, Chris, I'll come on to you with, with the next few point here. Um, the sort of second part of that statement was from. 
and Rangers are keen to point out newly appointed Chief Executive James Bisgrove says, on behalf of the board, I'd sincerely like to thank Craig as he moves on, having transformed our academy into one which is on a par and even exceeds many clubs in Europe's biggest leagues. That is definitely something we'll come back to. Craig will leave the club with a fantastic legacy, which includes professionalisation of our women's programme, being the leader on the B teams, being introduced into our senior Scottish football, creating our Beauclair Academy Performance School and having brought in over 15 million in academy player sales in the last five years. Together with Michael Beale, John Bennett and the board, I will now uh, lead through a process to identify his replacement as we continue a wide-ranging transformation on all areas of the football club. Now, there's some really, really interesting points in, in that short statement from, from Bisgrove. Um, the first question I'll ask you is, do you agree with that, um, that, that Auchenhowie is on par and even exceeds many clubs in, in Europe's biggest leagues? I think facility-wise, uh, it's right up there, but I don't think we are, I don't think the academy is producing enough for, for the standard there, is it? So I'm going to go against the grain and say he was part of what needed refreshed in the, the club, I think he was he was failing as well. Off the top of my head, you've got 20 years he's been there, so you've got Patterson. I'm surprised Alan Hutton wasn't mentioned in the article as well, because he would have been coming through the academy at that time. He went for big money. But apart from the two, we've struggled to keep you've got Gilmore, Mabud, uh, Wilson. They all went to other clubs down south and for minimal fees as well. So I think we need to try and... Obviously, we are... We're at the bottom of the table. We're these big teams. We're scraping for the players that they are not picking up. But I think we need to try try and hold on to our players somehow. Uh, as JB was saying, it's difficult for a, for us to play players as the manager. As JB was saying, the, the manager's job's on the line. Gerard was reluctant to play youth. Bill, he's going to no play as much youth recently either. Uh, but the fans are we're an unforgiving fan base. As soon as a player comes in. Or we have a, we're going a bit of a bad streak. It's play the youngsters, the season's by. But you know for a fact, if the next couple of weeks don't go to plan, it'll be, oh, they're not good enough, get them out of the team. I've seen it with Leon King at the start of the season. He was kind of hung it too dry. It wasn't really his fault. Yeah, no, that is an interesting point as well. I, I think I think with Leon King, I mean, looking back on that now, you know, I, I, I know Craig especially was, was was quite harsh on him when he was in the team. But looking back on it, he, I think he done well, given that he was totally chucked into it and wasn't playing alongside a, a, an established centre half. But listen, that's a, that's a discussion for for another time. Um, JB, uh, just going to touch on that point that that, that uh, Bisgrove made in terms of as we continue a wide ranging transformation on all areas of the football club. What do you think about that? Do you, are you? Re- I don't know if I'm reading between the lines a wee bit too much here, but it looks like. Maybe some of the traditional roles like director of football and and C. Well, I was going to say CEO. Bisgrove is the new CEO um, and the head of academy might actually be evolving, changing into something new. Can you see this role getting merged with something else, or or is it Zeb Jacobs at the club at the moment? Can you see him just getting pushed into this role? And and the other, I know we were discussing it in our group chat this morning. I can't remember the guy's name, but the Southampton Academy directors recently, I think he's leaving his position at the end of the season as well. Would you see us just doing a, a straight sort of like-for-like like swap? Well, the fact that we're getting beat 2-1 now, it's a Mulholland out. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's... Um, 
Yeah, as we touched on earlier, I think we've all said it's that refresh, isn't it? Um, that complete, almost a full root up, um, root up approach to try and make sure that we're we're cleaning the decks, and it almost feels extremely refreshed. Um, there's almost a case of work. Where can we get the best in class from now? Whether that person is from Southampton or whatever it might be, but it's almost going to be a case of we're probably doing it at the right time. Uh, we're doing it with a couple of weeks left to go in the season ahead of a very big pre-season. Uh, I'd have been more worried if we were having these conversations either early into next season or over the summer. So it very much feels as if we're almost kind of drawing the line under this season, which I think we can all we're all happy to do. Um, and then almost a case of right, okay, what can we do moving forward that's going to benefit the club? Uh, what is the remit of the new Craigwell Holland, as you as you touched on there? Is the remit that you've got to try and get players fast tracked into the first team? And it's almost clear, okay, how do we do that? Um, as we touched on earlier, I don't agree with our loan process at the moment. So if you think about if we're sending lads out 2019, 20, to uh, ch- Scottish Championship clubs and then not getting the game, they're never going to play for Rangers. Let's have it right. If they haven't got the physicality or the pace or something that says right, you're gonna you're showing us that you're gonna be able to handle it in the in, in for Rangers. If you can't get a game for a Championship club, I'm sorry, you're not gonna make it. Um, don't get me wrong. If somebody goes there and sets the world alight, and then that then comes to an opportunity and they progress up, but we're not doing that at the moment. I'd rather see players playing half a dozen games, sorry, a dozen games for a SPL club, um, and then get the feel whether they make it there, uh, as opposed to the Championship and League One. Um, for me, it doesn't serve much much benefit. Uh, the B team, we probably just need to understand whether that's fit for purpose and what does that look and feel like. Um, are we going to try and use that a wee bit smarter than what we had uh, in the previous in the previous seasons? I mean, I don't know whether Yilmaz would have been possible. I'm just thinking out loud here, but could Yilmaz have maybe played some games for the B team to really ramp his fitness up given his age? And I know you can't play too many just as we make it two all. Yeah, there we go, two all. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't Yilmaz; it was a number nine again. So. Um, but yeah, no, it's um, yeah, as I keep saying it, it's just almost a case of look, we've got to look forward now. And um, uh, the fact that I do like the words that Bisgrove's using, uh, however, he, he does love a soundbite, so um, he's definitely you can tell the guy's worth it marketing, um, in terms of some of the phrases he used. And John Bennett's the same with the, the best in class phrase and stuff, but um, it's now on them to, to deliver. Previously, there was almost they could make these noises, and there was people around about them that were were kind of left to operate it. It's on them too now to deliver. So um, yeah, let's see what the future brings. Yeah, Ben, I think I think JB's raised a fantastic point there in terms of what is the the remit of the academy director? Is it you know to bring? I mean, Bisgrove's you know rightly pointed out that, that he's brought in 15 million players in academy sales over the last five years. But but surely it's it's more than that. I mean, apart from Patterson and very sporadic appearances um, from, from sort of other youth team players, there's been nobody really coming through that, that, I, that I can think of. I mean, and I was, I was actually trying to think of who the 15 million pounds uh, and players was the, the three names I could come up with was Nathan Patterson, obviously Ross McCrory. When when we sort of did that weird swap deal 
thing for Scott Wright um, with Aberdeen and and Charlie McCann is the only other player. I, I think we got a, a sort of low fee for him. Um, what what do you think? Do you think that is successful? Not not enough. No, not enough. Um, I I I feel that it's when you say the fifteen million and and we we know that Patterson was the majority of it. It's it's kind of you know it doesn't really illustrate a fair reflection of you know 15 million could in, in other other circumstances if, if that 15 million had come from him selling you know three or four young players then then he's then he's maybe doing a bit more isn't he um then than just one not not luck but i mean there is a certain element of luck to have to have that sort of level of player that you can move on and to have a have a buyer that will maybe pay potentially over the odds for him at that stage um but um, I, I think I think the the remit should be to to be increasing increasing that uh, you know the amount of players that we're getting to the first team, but to also equally to be bringing in other sources of money in terms of even if players aren't going to make it to the first team, you know if we were selling two or three, um, you know a year or something like that, and bringing in a little bit of money, it it all adds up together, um, and I, and and I think that 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 could be another thing, so that we're seeing that at least. It is producing something for the club. Um, you know, breaking into the Rangers first team is very, very difficult. We we all saw Alex Larry come um and looked absolutely outstanding. And, you know, he hasn't fully kicked on as of yet. You know, I think I hope I hope and think that he will. But you know, it's a big, big step up. And I, I think when we look at what the B team are playing, to go from that level, I mean, we wouldn't be signing a player that's playing in the league that they're playing in. You know, for, for the Rangers first team, so so to be asking somebody to go from that to to the Rangers first team is is huge, um, and especially considering you know we're never done wanting signings, talking about signings, uh, so you know you can't you can't have it you can't have it always, um, but I just want to say what JB said there. I think about the the timing of all these changes, not just the academy director, but the collective changes. I think this is the perfect time for it. You know, we all don't want to be in the position that we're in, but we are. So you know, this is the time to. As, as we'll get on to in terms of who we'll be playing over the next few weeks and stuff. But this is the time to reset the club and to to give to give time for people to get used to new roles or to the changes that, that are that are in place at the club. Um so so I think the time and I think that was a good point. Yeah, I I, I totally agree there <laughs> with, with what you've said. It's just from where I'm coming from, it's it's where Bizgrove says and our academy uh, into one which is on a par and exceeds many clubs in Europeans' biggest leagues. I mean, you look at all the, the, the that that's that's exactly how I feel about it, man. That face you've just pulled there. I think that's a bold statement to say because you need to do both. I mean, you, maybe apart from English Premier League, and, and I'm looking at uh, maybe apart from Arsenal because they've got a few sort of youth team players that have come through. You look at all the other major European teams; they they, they sell their youth players for significant fees, and they all have. Um, you know, players that have come through their their academy, even a few in the bench or even one or two um, starting in, in the first 11. Um, Chris, there's a few uh, questions here today that I'll ask as well. It's kind of along the same lines, it's uh, from Timothy Sharp. Well, Holland been here for 20 years. How many regular first team players has he provided? And I think that is the crux of the matter. In 20 years, I don't think it's unreasonable to have expected one or two, especially given, I mean, we won't go over it again, but we weren't playing against sort of top tier opposition for a few years, shall we say? Um, where where do you sit in all this? Should should Rangers have had more first team players from the academy, basically? 
definitely. It just goes back to what I was saying earlier. The academy's no producing for the facilities that we've got. As JB was saying, I think we should be looking at getting at least one player in and around the squad every season for it to to look like it's worthwhile. Uh, hopefully, it's not just a, a soundbite for Visgrove and we are looking to have a, a big radical overhaul of the, the infrastructure and hopefully start benefiting for it. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Yeah, if it's any consolation, Kyle, the uh, the under 18s are definitely playing a similar style to the Rangers first team because the the mistakes the two centre halves have just made in relation to Celtic's third goal uh, would would give Suter and uh, Davis a good run for the money. Uh, absolute shambolic defending. So uh, at least there's that connection throughout the club. It looks like. So. Do, do, do you know? Ironically enough, you've brought me on to my next point rather nicely with that because. Look, we'll spend a few more minutes in the academy. I, I don't want to take up the full pod talking about it because I want to talk about what Rangers should do for the last six games and we'll maybe look a wee bit ahead to Aberdeen. But that is something, I mean, having been at the... Um, I managed... I was going to say I was fortunate enough, but I definitely wouldn't call it fortunate. Being at, being at Ibrox for the for the B-team game where Celtic um, uh, were victors in that game against Rangers. Um, now, looking back on it, it was a shocking decision from the referee... Uh, to, to to award that 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 Bud did come out of the box. That was a shocking decision. But when when Gerard was here, in terms of the youth setup, one thing that I could always say about them, JB, was that um, they were being coached in the same way that the first eleven were being coached. In terms of you know, it was the the attacking fullbacks, the strong centre halves, the midfield players. It was like for like. I know you've just said that about the team there, but that that doesn't seem to have been happening anymore. Is that something that we should maybe go back to? Yeah, I think so. I think it need, there needs to be a ethos right throughout the club uh, in terms of the. I mean, you hear it. Like, I mean, let's not compare ourselves to Ajax because that's not going to happen overnight. But in terms of the the way that they set up, it's almost a case of there's a one there's a one philosophy that runs right throughout. I think Man City are the next to be doing it. Um, I know that um, United in years gone by, that was always their approach, whatever the youth team did. It was almost case they minute performances and they had mentors within the first team, having known a couple of ex-players, they had mentors within the first team, within their role, uh, that would ultimately be a, be a soundboard for them. So I think it's almost the case of now is if they're good, if they're good enough, they'll be playing. Um, I think we have to have faith in, in the manager. I think one, one thing about this manager is he's... He's been there and done it. He's done the youth coach. He's got. He's been through the journey, so we he'll know um, physically the importance, the technical capability, and the probably the most important for playing for Rangers is whether these guys can handle it mentally. Um, and I think Beal is in a really good position to do that. I think a lot of the signings that we're going to see, um, like at Olympic, where a lot of the signings we are going to see are going to probably be English players whose careers have maybe just gone slightly to the left. And Beal thinks there's enough in there that he can bring them back on track, i.e. Cantwell. Um, I think um, 
I know this isn't going to be uh, looking for next season signs, but if you look at some of the names that have been linked, uh, Kieran Dahl, um, loads of ability, absolute plenty of ability. You've seen a lot of them uh, in his Everton youth, but again, um, signing a player injured, it, th- there is always going to be that risk. But if we can get these guys up and running and they can fill, fill, fulfill their potential, and we can do it on a nice price, and then we can we can almost recycle them and get them back out again. Uh, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think Jack Butl- um, Butland obviously is in a slightly different situation in the fact that he's that wee bit older. But again, somebody that needs that, you always need that kick up the arse again to get going. Um, I know we don't see ourselves as a, a place where players come to, to come to improve, where we almost want finished articles and winners from day one. Uh, yeah. But hopefully Beal can can do that with a mixture of getting the most out of players, because um, that's what he's going to have to do. He's going to have to get the most out of the limited budget that we've got. And if there are play, young players that are coming through and that are showing that they've got the ability, the the ability, the, the technical skills and the met the, the mental capacity to be able to take it on board, then I think we have got a good manager to do that. Um, so it will be interesting. I say I'd like to see us getting some of these players, and know we're going to get to this shortly. Getting some of the first team players in when it's not a code red situation. Um, it's almost the case of like when we threw King in, obviously in the Champions League game next to Sands, it was just a dis- absolute disaster for the kid. And I hope that he's not scarred, he's not scarred from it. Um, and obviously he made that mistake was away at St. Mirren. I don't think we've seen him since. Maybe the the odd bench appearance here and there, but um I'd like to see us being sensible from now to the end of the season. Um we can't be going in and throwing the youth players all in and just going, oh, the season's gone, just write it off. Um, it won't work like that because everyone on, on this call, everyone listening, Rangers fans around the world, if we lose our next three games, whether it's youth experience, players leaving at the end of the season, Beal's going to be getting, he's going to be getting asked questions, uh, whether we whether we agree that's the right approach. Because but, uh, but, 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 we demand success and we demand winning. Um that's what it is. What it is. Yeah, that that's a perfect way to sum it up. It is what it is because we demand success. Um, this is the last point. I promise you guys, I'll make. Oh. Yeah. Off. <laughs> oh, there we go, fight man. This has been a hell of a roller coaster. I pulled it up and down. In, in terms I feel of like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel as if I'm on an audition for Jeff Sterling's job here. So, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. no. I don't know who that makes the rest of us, but that that will I will leave that to to the viewer uh, to the viewers to, to let us know. Um, look, last point on on the youth setup, um, Ben here. Um, obviously we know that the the B team are are the the Lowland League voted not to include the Rangers and Celtic B teams in it next year. Um, I know there was a bit of a mixed feelings on it. What, what do you think we should do? Do you think that we should, you know, have a, res- a reserve league? I don't know if that's just pie in the sky stuff because I know that the other teams in the SPFL didn't feel that they were getting value of it for money, which was I think is bonkers. Um, I know a few years ago we had that sort of UEFA youth league um, that we had. Um, I quite like that idea. I thought, and when we were, away, I loved that when we when you could watch. I know, but did we go over to the UAE or Dubai or the under 18s? I remember being off a half day and working and sort of watching that on on my phone. Um, is that what? What do you think we should do? Do you think we should stick to sort of domestic games, or do you think we should sort of open it up and try and arrange sort of friendlies or trying to get back into that UEFA league? Yeah, it's it's a tough one. Um, I mean, I think there, there's no good solution um, because the you know the Lowland League to me serves a bit of a purpose you know in terms of his competitive football it's a bit more physical it's against men 
Um, but as I've said before, there's a hell of a step from that to playing for Rangers. Um, so I, I feel like we, we need to have the reserve league would be great, but it's not going to happen. You know, the, the other teams just aren't going to make it happen. Um, I think probably only ourselves and them would be would be for it, uh, maybe Hearts. But um, I, we, we need to be getting competitive football. And I think I think the, the European League was was very good. I think really as much as we can testing ourselves against the best players. So so doing that on that European stage, you're gonna um, you're gonna be doing that. You're gonna you're gonna be challenging yourself. Um, you're gonna you're gonna lose games as well, obviously. But I mean that's you know that's part of that's part of it. That's part of the learning process for them. Um, so so really we we need to be trying to find a way. It's very difficult. It doesn't matter who we bring in. Um, you know, as academy director or, or whatever role you want to call it, if they're not playing competitive football on a regular basis, they're going to really, really struggle to make that next step. Yeah, I, I totally agree with what you've said there. We, we, these at all levels, we should be playing the absolute best available to us because that's the only way you're going to get better is by by playing against the best and and, and learning things and. But yeah, I totally agree. It, it will be interesting to see what, what's happening next season, but hopefully Craig Mulholland's sorted that out <laughs> before he leaves. Um, right, Chris, we'll get back to sort of talking about matters um, of the of the first uh, 11 a wee bit more here. I suppose it still does incorporate the youth, but um, it's what do you think Rangers should do in the last five games of the season? Five uh, dead rubbers. I know there's no game against against uh, Celtic that, that doesn't mean anything, but there's nothing to be gained from it in terms of uh, you know trophies or anything like that. Um, there's been lots of questions coming in about the uh, who should we be playing uh, till the end of the season? Should we be playing youth? And and where, where do you sit in that? Should we be giving guys like Lovelace? Uh, he's uh, in particular who I'm looking at. You know, Divine King. Um, and, and, and Lowry that's already been mentioned are these the guys that we should be, be seeing now from now until the end of the season because the pressure's off I suppose you can look at it for two ways uh, we need to see them at some point so as you said pressure's off they can find them in but are, are they ready? are they just going to be lambs to the slaughter? I mean if we go out next week uh, the weekend and play Aberdeen and get beat at Ibrooks off Aberdeen all hell will break loose for the fans it's, they're not going to say oh it's just the youth, a oh, good experience for the youth. Uh, I think I would incorporate a couple of them into the team. I think we need to just use the rest of the season to see who can contribute for next season. The likes of Matondo and Yelma has been the main two. We need to get them a good a good run of games for the start and see what see if they've got it for next season. I think Matondo's looked decent in these last couple of uh, cameo appearances. I think he merits a start before Kent. Anyway, we can't do any worse than Kent done at the weekend. Hope he doesn't pull a shot on again. Uh, could try out different formations for next season as well. If you wanted to have a look at what we're talking about, maybe what the, the three at the back with Suter, Davies and Goldson, you could maybe have a look at that if you wanted. But as we were saying earlier, fans need to accept that the results don't matter now, apart from the Celtic game, obviously. But we're a, we're a fickle, fickle fan base. It's not going to work like that. That, that's it, exactly. And I'll stick with you, Chris, just for, for a wee second. So uh, you mentioned someone in there in particular that I, I know a lot of people have been talking about, and that's Ridvan Yilmaz. Um, surely Bill has to play him from, from now until the end of the season if, if he's fit. If he doesn't, I think we can all safely assume that he is off-skating the summer, which is 
another big black mark against uh, our previous um, uh, director of football, Ross Wilson's name. Where, where do you sit in the whole Yilmaz thing? Would you would would you keep playing Barisic or, or would you chuck Yilmaz in there? No, I think Yilmaz needs to get as many ninety minutes under his belt towards it to the end of the season as possible to be actually see what what he's like. We've we've barely seen him. Obviously, he's been injured long term, but. Uh, I don't know. I think with the outlay that we've we've spent on him, and he came highly regarded as well. But he just I don't know. It's a like totally different player to Borner. Lots of things. Uh, Borner likes to go down and get the crosses, and Yilmaz looks a bit a bit more direct, and he, he cuts in a wee bit more as well. But I think he, he did look good in a couple of his appearances. So hopefully we can get a lot of minutes under his belt and see if he's going to be able to fit in next season or no. But I can see he's signing a new left back regardless. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Uh, uh, God, it's going to be so, so interesting between now and, and, and the start of, of next season. Uh, JB, we'll kind of move on to the to the Aberdeen game at, at the weekend. I can't, I can't believe I'm playing them again in such a, a short period of time. I think everybody knows outside uh, the other half of the old firm, Aberdeen are a team that I don't enjoy playing an awful lot. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, up in Pataudry, that shambles of a performance that was up there. What have Rangers got to do this time? Where have they got to do? What have they got to do differently, basically, from from what they did at Pataudry, other than <laughs> take their chances? I was just about to say, is actually take <laughs> take the chances, um, and I mean, that, I think that's going to be the the message for this t- the team for the season. Um, I think it's almost the case of we, we should have been out of sight in that game, but the fact is we weren't, and we've said that so many times. That we've said that so many times. Um, I mean, Sakala obviously come under a lot of a lot of heat, uh, shall we say, since uh, last Sunday, but that was probably just the continuation of the week before as well. Um, again, if we go one nil up in the was that the first 15, 20 minutes, um, takes that chance where he goes one on one after Tillman slipped them through, then. You're probably going to say it's probably going to be a different game. Um, you never know what the what the outcome is going to be, but we've just got to be more clinical, um, and that's across the that's just across the board. The decision making's got to be better. There's a group of players there now that I think the fans have have lost the fans, um, and I think but they've also got an, again where they are that fickle. With that, they've got also got an opportunity till now to the end of the season. If we can go out and win the last the last set of games from now to the end of the season. And some really good strong performances um, from some of them. Um, they need to justify their existence. Um, so I'm thinking of the likes of Yilmaz. You might um, you could argue Lundstrom, Arfield, um, Matundu. Uh, by all accounts, Scott writes away. So I'm not to not going to lose any sleep if I don't see him again. So it's almost the case of the guys who are, who want to be there next season need to show that they want to be there. Um, we should have been doing it all season. I have it right, but um, we are where we are. So for me, I wouldn't be playing anyone. I wouldn't be starting anyone that's leaving. Um, so anyone that we know isn't getting a new contract or um, is potentially pre-signed for other clubs, they shouldn't be starting any games for us. Now, because we are Rangers and we do need to win by any way, shape or form, if things aren't going well and we need to bring Morellas and Kent off the bench and they're in the right frame of mind, which I don't think they were on Sunday, judging by the performances, then great, they're an asset. We utilise them while we've got them. However, um, I think there's got to be a bigger picture at play and we make sure that we get we get the balance. Um, but it, it can't be a case of Matundo. So if Matundo was to come in, for example, we use him and Yilmaz, 
they've got to come in and give it absolutely 150% because if they don't, I don't think the Rangers fans will forgive them. Um, and going into next season with a squad of complete this and unbelief, I mean, don't get me wrong, we'll still take stupid numbers to pre-season friendlies, we'll, we'll, um, we'll take good crowds to the, uh, the European games, that, that's not in question. But similar to the banners getting held up above the board, if, if, any, if a fan base loses a group of players, it takes some effort to turn that, that group of players back around. And this group of players, I think we've lost a lot of them uh, from a fan base. The connection, the connection's well gone. Um, so there's a few people there that are going to need to earn our trust again. Uh, whether the four or five games at the end of the season is enough for them, uh, probably not. Um, I'll put Davis into that category as well, of players that are going to need to show from now to the end of the season that they, that they want it. Um, but again, that is also with a sprinkle of youth as well. So if we are winning comfortably, then let's get these lads on. Let's not get them on when we're uh, when we're getting beat 1-0 or we need to try and change a game. Let's try and get the game won early. And, and I think that's been a lot of our problem over the last over the last two seasons. We haven't been able to blood any youth. We've had them all sitting on the bench, but because we haven't been, if that were, clinical again, we haven't been able to to, to rotate them. Everybody knows on the TII group knows my thoughts on using substitutions. Um, you fought you four nil up against Ross County at home, and Tom Lawrence is limping. Yet you leave him on for another twenty minutes. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one. Just jumping back to something we were talking about earlier. Sorry, probably should have been time earlier. What are we doing with these um, these clubs that we've signed agreements with and partnerships? So like our, the Rangers flag hangs outside Hamburg Stadium, uh, Bengaluru or Bangalore, depending on how you say it, yeah. and Orange County. What's the point? So I mean, I think we sent a couple of youth lads to Orange County during COVID, uh, so they're probably over there having the time of their lives. But then um, Hamburg relationship, what is it? Why don't we have pre-season friendlies? Why don't we send the best of our youth um, to there? For them to go and develop for six months and then they come back because you know they're going to be going into an, a competitive environment to pick a handbag specifically there but yeah. bengaluru and, and orange county is there no players there that we could be taking a little look at and going right um is, is this an untapped market are the players in them leagues that these clubs are seeing every day that we could be getting the heads up on um but yeah that's just me bouncing back to that thought but in terms of the next the next set of games just win um, and try and get some, as I say, get some of the youth in and players who want to be there next season need to show. Just as BBC Scotland showing the best of Alex Lowry uh, at the moment, but unfortunately, it looks like his highlights are from last season. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say that's not going to be a long reel uh, for, for this season, JB, but like with us. <laughs> I was very impressive there managing to watch a game and, and answer that question and, and give quite a comprehensive answer. So fair play to you, my man, for, for that. Um, but yeah, do, do you agree, Ben, um, with, with largely what JB said there about, I, I think a lot of Rangers supporters are, are, are thinking the same way, that if you aren't going to be here next season, you haven't earned the right to play for us for the rest of the season. And I mean, as harsh as that sounds, looking at guys like Kent, looking at, looking at Morelos, I mean, for me, if Tillman's off, I, I think Tillman's, you know, arguably been our player of the year this year. If he's off or has not given an intention to, to stay, I don't want him playing to the end of the season as well. Um, 
Where do you stand at all? Would you be chucking guys in like uh, Lovelace Rice is a couple of names that, that I've heard. I know we've seen some comments from about these players not doing particularly well in, in the game that, that's going on at the moment. But but what what would you be doing? Yeah, I think I think the games between now and the end of the season have three purposes for me. I think I think we have to be smart about the players that we're gonna um, that are gonna be leaving the club now. I'm not talking the Kenson Morello share the contract players, but I'm talking players that we want to be leaving the club. Um, Alice Scott Wright. I think you put him on the on the field a little bit to put him in the shop window that little bit more. Um, so that so that we're we're able to say this fella's playing, and I think some players will fall into the category of that. Uh, you know, of, of both of us trying to see will they have a future, but also putting them in. So if Yilmaz, for example, wasn't going to be long term, we, we we don't know that yet, but we we want to put him on the field and, and at least be able to say, look, he's still playing, he's still you know, so that teams in Turkey and such are looking at him playing football, um, and he's he's in the minds of teams going into the summer a that little bit more. Um, so I, I think so I think we've got that. We've got putting those players in. We've got getting getting a look at the youth players, um, but they need to be they need to be at a certain level. I mean, there's no point in us putting out eleven, you know, eleven youth players. There's, there's absolutely no sense in that. You know, they're lambs to the slaughter at that point. So so it needs to be a balance of 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 players that we either have made our mind up, like Matondo, like Yilmaz, um, as well as the as the youth players that we've got hoped for like likes uh like a lovelace um but i i would be more inclined to possibly at the start anyway the first two games are probably the most most important um you know given given the opposition i would be inclined to kind of um start with a stronger mixed team but i i don't want to see kent or morelos again I, you know i think the the last old firm I kind of made my mind up fully about Kent, and 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 this Sunday didn't didn't change it obviously. Um, so I, I think they're they're no use to us going forward because they're going to leave, and we're not going to get anything for them. So so we, we owe them nothing now at this point. So you know if they sit in the stand, I have no problem. Like JB says, if if we need if we need a goal with fifteen minutes to go, I have no problem bringing either on. But I don't think we need to be starting them. The only one that's leaving the club, maybe maybe two, if. I, th- I I would probably give Arfield the contract, but if he was to be leaving the club, I think towards the end of the season, I think he probably deserves, you know, a sort of send off. And I think Al McGregor deserves a send off. But other than that, you know, the rest, they can, they can go and they don't deserve to be played. I'll be playing the likes of Davies every game to try and see, to make our mind up about. I'll be playing Yilmaz every game. I would like to see Divine get some football. Um, you know, we know where we are with Tav, so let's, let's see what the options are. I know as I know you've mentioned Davies here. I'm going to say it. He's the he's the one, and this is Stephen Davis. I should say actually. I, I hope to, that he's just he can get on for a minute at the end of the last game of the season or something, just so we can because he is one player. Arfield, I certainly put into that bracket, and obviously Alan McGregor as well. But like I said we all thought that that was his his last game. Scott 05 there obviously points out that McGregor has his, his testimonial in July um, against Newcastle. I'm sure. Well, be the the Castor Dalby there, um, but but yes, I, I totally agree with what you've said. Uh, if if you've no future at Rangers, then then I don't I don't see why we should be playing you. Um, Chris, last point here before I get everybody's score predictions. Um, RFC seventy two says um, play McCrory, Divine, Goldson, King, Yelmaz, Rice, Raskin, Cantwell, Matondo, Lovelace, Hadji, and see how they do. And his justification for that is we did it against Hearts and beat them last season. Um, do you agree with that? 
That's a good point. Like whoever we're going to be playing after the split now is the essentially the better teams in the league. So it's the best chance of seeing how how good they're going to be. Uh, I would play McCrory. Maybe give McGregor the last game as he's send off. I don't think his last game should be a defeat against Celtic. Uh, Divine, I'd like to see him get minutes, but can he see Tav getting dropped for obvious reasons? King, again, it would be good to see him getting minutes again. So he's he had a difficult like, start of the season, so it would be good to see him getting some minutes. Yilma, as we said earlier, he has to play every game, I think. Rice, can he see him starting in the middle? Uh, Matondo over Kent all day for me. As I said earlier, I don't care if Bill change Kent snappies. I don't want to see him anywhere near the team again. Uh, Hadji, as uh, Ben was saying, put him in the short window at least. I don't, I don't see a long term future for Hadji anymore. I think we've kind of went past his level. I think he'll struggle to get to the level that we need. Uh, I think he'll move on. Uh, and lovely, Morelis. He's the only fit striker, so I can see him getting kept running about the team, but I wouldn't be against him, obviously, getting some minutes out. Yes, I, I, I've been on here previously saying that Zach Lovelace is a guy I, I really want to see just once or twice in the first team, just just to see what he can do, because you don't get called up for, for the England under-17s, um, especially when you're a, not at an English uh, Premier League club in terms of their youth set up, uh, if, if, you're, if you're rubbish. So, um, look, let us know in the comments, everybody, what your what your score predictions are. I'm just going to go uh, around the guys and, and, and be bold and, and get a score prediction. So, JB, I'll come to you first. What, what do you think the score will be at Ibrox against Aberdeen at the weekend? 2-0 Aberdeen. <laughs> no, um, I'll go 3-1 uh, Rangers. Um, yeah, 3-1 Rangers. Um, would, you, would you a penalty, aren't we, surely? So I'll go for a, a, a Tav Penn and Connor Goldson and a, struggling for strikers, Sakala uh, off the bench. Oh, no, I don't. There's Scott Patterson just just having a, a minor heart attack at the the thought of that. Um, ben, I'll come to you. Who who do you think, uh, or what do you think the score will be at the weekend? I'm going to go three two Rangers. Um, Kent Hattrick. No, I'm definitely not serious <laughs> about that one. But three uh, two Rangers. Um, I'm going to go with um, Hadji will get one. Matondo will get one. Um, and Lundstrom. Yeah, apart from the two goals conceded, I think the Rangers support would largely be, be happy with those scorers. And and Chris, um, lastly, what do you think the score will be? Ben just stole my, my joke there. I was going 2-0 <laughs> Rangers, Kent Morelis, but I uh, don't know. I'll go 2-1 Rangers. Don't think we will only concede uh, scoring-wise. Matondo and Sakala. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Timothy Sharp said 2-0 Tav. We've got our very own Shug saying 5-0 Rangers Revenge. I would very uh, likely, dearly to, to see that happening. Teddy Bears here says cheers everyone and I think we'll have our Aberdeen 1-0 and RFC uh, 1872 says 1-0 as well. Um, yeah, it'll be... It's going to be tough until until the end of the season, but there are changes ahead, and I think there's a lot of uh, good movement um, happening off the field, and hopefully there should be good some interesting movement happening on the field recently as well. Just to back up what JB said earlier on, um, the the Broom Loan Collective they are holding a retro shirt day for for that Aberdeen game. They'll have buckets um, for for a collection that is going to the 
uh, I can't quite see the name of the charity, but it's, I know it's a, is it the Emily, Emily Smiley charity, um, which is which is a charity that the the, the Bell family have have uh, elected to, to have the donations going to. But as always, just want to say thanks to the the, the contributors for joining us tonight, guys. Cheers. 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 And thanks to everybody for tuning in and watching out. We will see you uh, again at the weekend with a, a post match reaction. So see you then, guys. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.